Hi, I'm Pastor Corey, and you're listening to the Orange United Methodist Sermon Podcast. We're a church in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, that wants to help you find your place in God's story. And we hope this sermon can guide you along that path. Visit orangemethodist.org to find out more information about location, service times, upcoming events, and ways to give. We hope you enjoy. We continue for just a few more weeks our Stones of Remembrance series, and this morning our scripture lesson comes to us from the book of Joshua, chapter 6, verses 12 through 21. Hear now God's word. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord passed on, blowing the trumpets continually. The armed men went before them, and the rear guard came after the ark of the Lord, while the trumpets blew continually. On the second day, they marched around the city once and then returned to the camp. They did this for six days. And on the seventh day, they rose early at dawn and marched around the city in the same manner seven times. It was only on that day that they marched around the city seven times. And at the seventh time, when the priests had blown the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. The city and all that is in it shall be devoted to the Lord for destruction. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in her house shall live because she hid the messenger sent. As for you, keep away from the things devoted to destruction so as not to covet and take any of the devoted things and make the camp of Israel an object for destruction, bringing trouble upon it. But all silver and gold and vessels of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord. They shall go into the treasury of the Lord. So the people shouted and the trumpets were blown. As soon as the people heard the sound of the trumpets, they raised a great shout and the wall fell down flat. So the people charged straight ahead into the sea and captured it. Then they devoted to destruction by the edge of the sword all in the city, both men and women, young and old, oxen, sheep, and donkeys. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God, indeed. Good morning, church. I'm Adam Seed, lead pastor here at Orange. And it was special this morning at the 9 o'clock service to get to see so many children come forward to receive those backpack tags that Jan's going to get one of. Uh, I I love uh, God's Got Your Back. And it was beautiful to get to see that and to see them come forward and for us to be able to pray over uh, the students We had a chance to pray over all of the teachers that were present. We even had a chance to give third grade Bibles to our rising third graders. That's one of the beloved traditions found in many denominations, but I know I still have my third grade Bible in my office on my shelf and inside of it, on the front of it, it's got my name. Uh, The print is very small, so I can't use it anymore, but (laughs) it's still special because I'm reminded that through the acts of praying these prayers of blessings over our children, through the ways that we demonstrate encouragement and support and the giving of the Bible, we are living out our baptismal vows. When a child is baptized in the United Methodist Church, it's not just something that happens in isolation. The congregation comes together, and they are making a promise to that child and to the parents that they are going to do all that they can to come alongside so that that child may learn the faith such that one day, they would be able to accept that baptism for themselves. And I give thanks for the many ways you as a church continue to faithfully live out those vows. And we live those out 
We take them very seriously in the way that we pour into the lives of our children and youth and families. Recently, a very difficult decision was had to be made by the Staff Parish Relations Committee here at Orange. And a decision was made to eliminate the position of Associate Pastor of Youth. We give thanks for Pastor Sarah and the work that she has done with us over this past year. But we recognize with the difficulties that we as a church are facing, uh, financial constraints, and a need to revision what our youth ministry looks like. The ways that we can be faithful in living out those baptismal vows. We were go we're going to be doing the hard work together as we continue to try to live into those vows. We are still having the fall retreat that they had been preparing for that's coming up in just a couple of weeks and programming through due to Pastor Corey and myself and other volunteers that are stepping up will continue. And this afternoon at 2 o'clock, we're having an opportunity to meet with any of the parents or youth or anyone in the church that is wanting more information and to talk about what this might look like as we move forward. But before we go any further, I want to invite us to go to God in a special time of prayer. Let us pray. Oh, Lord God, you truly are the one who is always with us. You are the God that would never forsake us. Remind us of that today. In moments that we do not understand, in moments where there is hardship and hurt, God, we pray that you would remind us once again that you are the God that is capable of redeeming all things. Lord, we give thanks for Pastor Sarah, and we pray that you would continue to give guidance so that she may continue to find her place within your story. We lift up all the youth that are a part of this church and the ways that they're seeking to understand who they are and who you have called them to be. We lift up all the volunteers who come alongside to be those voices of encouragement and guidance. And we lift up this church as a whole. It's all about you. So may our focus always remain fully upon you. God, we pray in this time that as your spirit is poured out, that we may hear your word today. Transform the words that proceed from my mouth, and as they fall upon our ears and penetrate our hearts, may they be changed into the word of God that we need to hear today, as individuals and collectively as one body. Lord, we pray this in the name of Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit. And all of God's people said, Amen. When my son Aaron was young, Aaron was obsessed with infomercial commercials. You know, the ones I'm talking about, about a 30-minute episode about the latest, greatest vacuum cleaner. Aaron was obsessed, and he was captivated, and he would learn all that he could about these things that were being advertised, and he'd say, Mom, Dad, your life would be so much easier with this product. He would, he would watch one after the next, and he would tell us all about these items and how our lives would be made easy 
if we just made that purchase. I remember the day Aaron telling me, Dad, you can get six-pack abs if you just buy the ab roller once again. Oh, well, not once again. I could get the abs. Never had them. You could get the abs if you had the ab roller. And I remember him talking about the slap chop and all sorts of things that Aaron had seen. We even one time decided to make a purchase just to appease this child. We bought the Sham Wow. Anybody remember Sham Wow? You'll say wow every time. It was some kind of fabric that you could use to wipe up spills. And it really was something that came in pretty handy as we had two young boys who happened to spill things every day. Pastor Corey, I'm sure that doesn't relate to you. But we bought some Sham Wow, and wow, those things, it did make it easier. You know, we get caught up in this mindset of wanting things to be easy for us. We want things to be made easy. If you just take this pill, you'll lose the weight. I remember Aaron even saying, Dad, we can get you hair again. <laughs> yeah. It's the easy way. We always want to look for the easy way. But as I've learned growing older, easy isn't always what we're called to. And I know that somehow we develop this mindset over time that when you become a follower of Christ, that everything's going to be easy, that everything's going to just fall into place. And what I found is that easy results often corrupt the idea of faithfulness. But somehow it's found its way here. Being a follower of Jesus Christ is truly one of the most difficult things that we could possibly do. It goes against the way that we would think. It defies our own logic because it's about sacrificing ourselves for someone else. It's about loving those that no one else wants to love. And if we're truly following Christ, it's going to be hard because we're going to find ourselves having to go to places we don't want to go, go to people we don't want to go to, doing the very things that we did not want to do. Following Christ, being a faithful follower of Christ, is going to be one of the most difficult things we could ever do. It's not easy. I see in the life of Joshua, this is a story that I have always loved. In fact, we started off early in this, this series of Stones of Remembrance, talking about how Joshua led the people of Israel across the Jordan River, and then he set up this stone of remembrance, this, this tower of 12 stones. And he said that in years to come, when your children ask, what do these stones mean? You tell them that this is where God showed his faithfulness, how the waters were dried up and we crossed over into the promised land. But Joshua didn't start out as this bold, courageous leader. When I read Joshua chapter 1, I see a lot of myself. I see God is speaking to Joshua and he's saying Moses has died. And as Joshua has been the right-hand man in so many ways for Moses, now God is saying that you are the one that will lead my people. And I can only imagine how intimidating that must have been. I mean, Joshua heard all the grumbling. Joshua saw all the people who constantly were complaining. Joshua saw the struggles that Moses himself had gone through. Lord, let anybody else do this but me. It was hard. Joshua saw how hard it was for Moses. And now God is saying, oh, and now it's you. But I love 
The words that God says to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1. He says, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. And then something that he says three different times. I love this. Be strong and, do you know? Courageous. Courageous. Be strong and courageous, for you shall put this people in possession of the land that I swore to their ancestors to give to them. Then, he says it again, only be strong and very courageous. Be very courageous, being careful to act in accordance with all the law that my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left so that you may be successful wherever you go. Be strong and very courageous. Just do everything I've told you. Just follow me. Know that I'm leading you. And when you follow where I lead you, you will find that you will see the ways that I have prepared before you. Then, for good measure, just a few verses later, one more time, God says to Joshua, Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened or dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you. Wherever you go. Why did God have to say to Joshua three times, be strong and courageous? Because I think Joshua was anything but strong or courageous at that time. But God is offering him this, this word. I am with you. I am the God that would never forsake you. I am with you always. And even though it may be hard, even though the hard things are before you, I will lead you. And if you just follow me, and be strong and courageous, you will see what I have laid before you. I love it. I love that story of, of Joshua. And now, now we're into the part and the pastor that Pastor Corey read just a few moments ago. We're into this part where they're finally coming into the promised land to set up this. We know that they've already crossed over and Joshua has sent spies into Jericho to try to discern what's going to be the best plan of attack. I mean, these people have fought over the years as they've been attacked during this time of wilderness. They have become soldiers and they are ready now to conquer the promised land. And as he sends the spies, the spies come back with the report Oh, the land is already ours. And so now, as they are preparing for battle, God gives Joshua the instructions that, as Pastor Corey read out, what it is, the way that they're going to go about taking the wall, taking Jericho. Jericho is this fortified city. It's got a wall that is made of these massive stones, and it stands 46 feet high, about the height of a four-story building. And God says to Moses, here's what you're going to do. You're going to take the trumpeters who are going to go and they're going to blow their trumpet. You're going to have an array of battle soldiers behind. You're going to have the Ark of the Covenant going, the priest carrying that, and then additional soldiers back there. And you're going to march around the city one time and then go back to camp. Now, I can imagine as Joshua gave these instructions to the soldiers... They probably thought, say what? We're, we're going to do what? We're going to walk around the city? Yes, and, and, and don't say anything. We're just going to blow the trumpet. And so they all got in a line, and they're not supposed to be talking. I can only imagine as they're beginning that journey around Jericho, I can only imagine that they're probably turning to each other and saying, 
can you believe this guy? Can you believe what we're doing? We're just, we're just marching. I mean, they've probably got their swords. They've got their spears. They've got their shields. They're ready for battle. And they're going for a walk. <laughs> then the next day, Joshua says, all right, here's what we're going to do. <laughs> Same thing as yesterday. And so once again, they go walking around the city. Can you imagine being up on the walls, looking down and seeing are they just going for a stroll? What are they doing? They don't know what they're doing, but they're walking. I can imagine that some of the soldiers, as they're to walk in silence, not speaking, they're letting their opinion be made known. And I imagine they're stomping just a little bit more. By day three, I can picture some of them starting to get sandal blisters. And they're, they're getting tired. And they're walking around. And I can imagine... That's probably right about where I would have given up. I don't understand what we're doing. Why are we just walking around the walls of this city? Aren't we going to do something? Day three, day four, day five, day six. On the seventh day, Joshua says, all right, y'all get ready. This time, we're going to walk around seven times and have the trumpets blowing. And eventually, when the time comes... We will all shout, raising our voices, and the walls, the stone walls, will fall, and we shall take the city. So, they've walked around it, and now they're to walk around it seven times, listening. And then the time comes, and they shout, and the walls fall. Because they did the hard thing, even when they didn't understand even when it didn't make sense. I mean, logic makes no sense that them walking around would cause these walls to fall down. But they were faithful. And they continued to walk. Even when they couldn't see or understand what was before them, they stayed true. They were willing to do the hard thing. God always provides when someone is willing to follow his ways. God always provides when someone puts their full trust in him. What would have happened if Joshua had done things his way instead of God's way? What would have happened if he had gone with his own strengths? I mean, he's a soldier. We can just take the wall. What would have happened? But there are numerous times throughout scriptures that I wonder what would have happened had people not continued. What would have happened if after five plagues, Moses said, yeah, I'm done. I'm out. This isn't happening. Every time, Pharaoh's hardened heart turning him away. What would have happened if Peter had not stepped out of the boat and come to, walked on the water to Jesus? What if he had stayed because he was fearful of the failure? What if the disciples who were asked to move the stone, uh, Lazarus's tomb, what if they refused to do it because he stinketh? They know there's no way it could possibly work. But when we put our full faith and trust in God, God always shows up. God always does something. If we continue to walk the faith, if we continue to remember, even when it's not easy, even in the hardest of times, when we do the right thing, God meets us right where we are. In the midst of dire and uncertain circumstances, I think God calls on every one of us to do something that may not make sense. But when we follow, those walls are going to fall. 
when we faithfully follow where God is leading, those stone walls will fall. And we'll see, we'll see that God meets us right there. For you, this may be day two of your battle. (laughs) Marching around the city, marching around the issue. And it may seem like there's no end in sight. Keep walking. Keep walking. For you, who knows, this might even be day seven. And God's about to show up right there and show you who God is. Because our strength is not found in us. Our strength is is found in the one in whom we place our trust. As, As Paul wrote, my grace is sufficient for you for power is made perfect in weakness. Let our strength be our weakness and we follow the light of Christ. When we go where God calls us to go, when we do the hard things that are before us, not taking the easy way, but being willing to do the things that God calls us to, then the walls are going to fall and we shall see how God meets us right there. Let us pray. Lord God Almighty, we recognize that in our lives we face many different challenges and many times that we want to take the easy way. But you call us to something harder. May we have the courage, may we have the strength to follow you where you lead us, to do the hard things, to go where we don't want to go, To be with the people that we may not even want to be with. In circumstances we certainly don't feel prepared for. But when we follow you. When we follow your call. You will meet us right there. So may those stone walls begin to fall. As we faithfully follow where you lead us. God we pray this in the name of Jesus. And through the power of the Holy Spirit. And all of God's people said, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Please join us again next week. In the meantime, you can find us online at orangemethodist.org.